everyone. Darren and Allie here with the Radical Impact Podcast. How are you all doing today? We hope you have had an amazing week and we're very excited to talk to you today about our topic. We're going to be talking about people over profit. People over profit. So what does that mean? So if you're a business owner, a manager, a supervisor, um, someone who is over people, what I want to talk about is do you value your people or is it all about the almighty dollar? So the question is, do you value your people over profit or do you value profit over people? Many business owners and managers have a really difficult time in balancing the two. Um, You know, most successful companies out there first and foremost take care of their people. Profits are important. Don't get me wrong. um, Because without profit, there's no business. However, without people, there's no business either, right? What most owners and managers don't realize is that if they were to value their people and treat them as being valued, the people would do anything for them. But what happens in a lot of cases is business owners get all caught up in the day-to-day, you know, efficiencies and everything um, because the profit mar- profit margins have to stay at a certain level. And so, um, which I've been a business owner many times, um, but I've also been manager, employee um, along the way as well. And I know, Allie, you've had some experience in this as well as being mm-hmm. an employee and, and that kind of thing. Um, so what are some things that business owners and managers need to be thinking about when they're planning their business and trying to retain employees, retain good employees. Yeah. I know for me at least, and a lot of people my age, there is a lot of pushback in the workforce because people just feel like they're a means to an end. They don't feel like they're valued at all by their, whoever they're is running the company, whether it's their managers, whether it's their bosses, I feel like a lot of times it's more of I'm here to fill this role, but these people don't care about what, who I am and what I'm doing for the company at all. I'm just filling a role. And so I feel like a lot of times managers, owners, they need to realize that the people that work for them are real people with real lives. And there's a lot of other ways that they can go about running their business that can make their people happier, which in turn will profit their business better. Okay. So would you agree with me when I say that business owners um, need to figure out how to, or figure out a need to learn and um, get to know their people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Instead of, instead of it always just being, Oh, I'm high. I hired a new person today and this is number 243. Right. You know, and, get to the point of filling the needs of their people or help fill, helping fill the needs of their people. You know, I, I, I was brought up in the era of you go to work, you work hard, you work till you're 65, you retire at a job and you're done working. Yeah. Um, But in today's day and age, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, how many people, 
out there that are older than 65 or 70 or whatever are still out there working um, because what they were told wasn't really the case, you know? Yes. Another thing is that I read a book recently called The New Corner Office and with COVID and just kind of people in general, it talked a lot about working from home and how not only does that make employees more proficient and actually get their job done and it wastes less time, but it also makes the employees happier. It reduces overhead costs, that type of thing. So instead of doing like an example, I guess, would be companies that are run in the business. Like you have to be there from eight to five or whatever. Working your business more around your people and like an eight to five really isn't logical anymore. That's not something, that's not where business is going. An eight to five is something that makes people miserable and they're not going to enjoy their job, which in turn is going to make the profits not work because they're not working hard for their job. And so this, it was a really good book. It was, I listened to the audiobook and it was only like four hours. So it was really quick, but it basically talked about how people are more productive, happier. They enjoy their jobs more. They work harder and they have their own free time as well when they work from home. And so that's something that a lot of business owners right now are starting to realize. I think that working from home is beneficial versus when you have everybody in the office, just because that's what you do, businesses are just run in the office. Like that's an example of doing something for your people over doing what businesses do for profit. I want to kind of transition into what employees, what people, not just employees, but people need. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you and I've talked some about this uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's uh, Abraham Maslow had a theory about human motivation. It's a philosophy that every human has five basic needs. And when those needs are not fulfilled, the person will look to fill those needs somewhere else. All right. So there's, there's five basic needs. Um, and we probably don't have time to go through all of them today. Um, but we'll probably do another recording we'll kind of go through them real fast but as far as breaking them down and talking about them all mm -hmm. um, we'll have to do part two of this um, podcast because it'll take too long but most bosses think that pay is or at least they used to I don't know don't know, necessarily know that that's the case now but they used to think about pay being the number one thing that people need you know yeah. the wage or the salary salary that they make. Um, but that's really not necessarily the case. If you look at all the research that's been done on how to retain employees, what you need to do to keep good people versus trying to scare them into their job or, or anything like that, um, pay is really like number seven on the list. Yeah. Um, and it's not the most important, right? So going back to this hierarchy of needs, there's, there's, there's five needs. First one is physiological needs, which are what every person needs, food, water, warmth, rest, right? Um, air to breathe, um, you know, basic, the basic needs to survive, right? Um, the second one is safety needs. Um, people are looking for safety and security in their job. Uh, they're looking for 
security in their lifestyle, security um, in knowing and feeling like tomorrow's not going to be their last day of work. Right. Right. Not always uh, being on edge. Right. Uh, the next one is belongingness and love needs. So having friends, relationships, mm -hmm. intimate relationships, um, that kind of thing. The fourth one is esteem needs. They need prestige. They need that feeling of accomplishment. Uh, they need that feeling of value, being valued and appreciated, uh, that kind of thing. And the fifth one is self-actualization. Which is achieving one's pers one's full potential, including creative activities, um, that being fulfilled, basically. Yeah, right? that's that one's more like the feeling of success, like doing things more toward like success rather than like basic like right. shelter that type of thing. Yeah. Right. So, um, so those are the those are the five uh, basic needs that every person is looking for mm -hmm. and you know business owners don't look at it that way no nope. uh, in a lot in a lot of cases uh, I've been a business owner um, and in my business my restoration company that I owned um, I failed at these things you know because I was one of those that thought about profit all the time. It was always about profit over people, not people over profit. Um, and I had, and I learned a really hard lesson um, in, in that, in the fact that, you know, I could not figure out throughout my business why all these great people ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was not, it was not, a lack of work thing or anything like that. It was, it was all my fault because I was, all I did was push, 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 push. Um, and it took me a long time to figure that out, you know? Um, and I'll be the first one to admit that I totally failed at that. Um, and since then I've been manager, I've been an employee. I've been, you know, different things in different companies. Um, and now I realize from the other side, <clears throat> why those things are so important. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not about going out and working 60, 80, 90 hours a week for a paycheck that you're only getting paid for 40 hours a week. Right. You know, um, it's about, fulfilling those needs and and being someone who has a life outside of work mm -hmm. that's you know? something when you were talking about business owners always like pushing to pay more instead of fulfilling these other needs i know that at least where i live there is a big job shortage right now there's a lot of open positions and not a lot of people applying for jobs and so you'll drive down the street and see now now hiring signs everywhere and like 15 dollars an hour for fast food and a thousand dollar hiring bonus and they're not getting the people to apply they're not getting the applications they're not getting new employees because 
while they're pushing the money out there, which is great, they're not pushing, like people know that when they go into that business, they're still going to be miserable. So they're not applying because why would somebody apply to be miserable? And I think that that's something that we're really transitioning to as a culture right now is people enjoying their work versus, oh, well, that's just life. That was always something that ever since I was probably 15, I've always known that working a nine to five for the rest of my life is just not going to work for me. I've known that and I'm working a nine to five day job right now while I'm building this business and I hate every second of it, but I am taking what I can out of it. I'm taking the relationships out of it, but I know that it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are realizing that there's a lot more out there. And if they're going to be stuck in a job where they don't get say over their free time, they don't get say over, they don't have a say in their life, basically. Like they're not being, they're being told what to do, where to be, when to be there, what, what to wear, all these things. People just aren't interested in being stuck in that, which I think is where the job field is starting to transition into more. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. At, at least the professional type yeah. jobs, you know, I mean, there's always going to be, well, I don't know, there, there's a lot of things moving away from retail too. Yeah. Um, you know, the brick and mortar stores and stuff like that are suffering because they can't get people to work. Um, and now, and then because of that, you're seeing Amazon mm-hmm. blow out of the water. You're seeing all these online. I mean, you can even buy a car online now. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's, I think that if businesses, business owners, business management teams, all that started realizing, you know, you, you talked about all these big sign-on bonuses and stuff like that. Um, why, why would it be so bad to take care of the people that are working for you that show up every day? Right. You know? whether it's whether they're working from home or not, but the ones that are continually keeping the wheels rolling on the bus, why aren't they getting any kind of incentive right. for being there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about money. You know, I mean, I guess it all boils down to money in the fact that, you know, instead of giving them a thousand dollar bonus, you know, give them a few extra days of vacation. I guess that is right. money in the long run, but people would value that more yeah. and they would work harder and be more, um, they would be more apt to continue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. My, my initial thought when I see those signs that have the hiring bonuses or the an hour for fast food. And I'm not, if you work in fast food, I have no issues with the fact that you're making $15 an hour. That's not, I'm just saying like the signs. Sure. I don't think that when I see those signs, they're shooting towards payment towards money where I know for me, if I go into one of those jobs, my other needs aren't going to be fulfilled. My other five of the Maslow's needs are not going to be, I'm just not going to be happy 
And I think that that's why they're giving out that extra pay because to some people that's great and some people need that. And so they'll get people that way. But like for me, I would rather work in a job that I like and make less than work in a job that I'm miserable in and make more, if that makes sense too. So, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, it's, it's my, my whole thing getting to be, you know, being in the older, um, generation X generation nowadays, my whole thing is all about, um, security, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want, I, I don't want to work in a place. Matter of fact, I have left a couple different jobs over the last year and a half um, because I didn't feel secure in my position. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I went through one of the, one of the jobs I went through, I was hired to be the operations manager and they gave me basically an open forum to go in and help them build their business, which I did. We went, that company went from um, doing between 350,000 and between 350 and 400,000 a year in revenue to doing close to $2 million before I left in revenue. Um, but every day after about the first two and a half years, it seemed like they were taking more and more not necessarily what they weren't taking any responsibility away from me, but they were taking um, authority away mm -hmm. from me. You know, I had all of the, I had originally had all the um, authority to do, do all the hiring and um, firing if I needed to, um, to build a team, to build a great team. And by the time it was all done, I didn't have any say in who we hired, who we didn't, uh, or anything like that. Uh, and I could see the writing on the wall. And that's why I left that. And I left it thinking I was going to a, a better company. Um, and well, you know, lo and behold, yeah. it was a hundred times worse. You know, I, I never one time in the, I guess I was there for about six or seven was I there eight months Probably something like that eight. um every day when I got off work I really didn't know whether or not I would have a job tomorrow you know and that security is something that I hold on to and I hold on to dearly and that that's my motivator is I want to do everything in my power to make sure that I ha am secure you know Mm -hmm. that I can bring food home and put on the table every day and, and pay our bills and, and stuff yeah. like that. So um, the other thing really... like that as well, where you're like, when your needs aren't being met is that it's something that you can really like your family members, your friends can tell, like when you were in that situation where you were really insecure with your job, you didn't cause your boss was a firecracker. <laughs> um, but when you didn't know if you were going to have a job the next day. It was something that I could tell that like you were consistently stressed out. You were like, you weren't living to your potential because you were stressed out and always right. thinking, am I going to be able to, you didn't sleep well. You were up half the night. You 
were working a hundred hour weeks and you were stressed and it was horrible. And that's something that your family members, if you're in a situation where your needs aren't being met, your family members are affected by it as well. Sure. Um, so I guess the question is to companies and business owners and managers and whatever is what, what can you do to change? Mm -hmm. You know, good people are hard to find. Um, really good people are really hard to find in the fact that they work for companies that take care of those needs, you know, um, for instance, uh, I don't know Zappos heard of Zappos, right. Mm -hmm. In Las Vegas, they're a huge company and they have built a culture, um, so great that people don't leave the employment of Zappos, mm -hmm. you know, um, now I don't, I haven't read much about Zappos since, um, Tony Shea passed away. Uh, but he was the CEO and owner of Zappos and, uh, he passed away here a couple years ago, but, uh, and so I don't know if that culture has changed, but when he was there, it was all about, um, taking care of the needs of his people and they had fun and they all loved their job, you know, and they would all do anything in their power to make that business a success. Mm-hmm because of it. So I know that change is hard for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But what do business owners need to do to change, to um, retain those great employees? I think one of the main things is really paying attention and getting to know their employees as people and not just as employees. Um, I feel like a lot of companies tell you to leave your personal life at the door or to be where your feet are and not pay attention to your personal life at all while you're at work. And I, first of all, don't think that that's logical. I mean, people are multifaceted where we have a lot of different aspects of our lives. And if I'm spending eight hours of my day, eight to nine hours of my day at work, I'm not just leaving who I am as a person behind to be there. And I think that that's not logical for business owners to assume or to expect. So something that if you own a business could do is to really get to know your employees on a personal level. Not, I'm not saying that like you need to be friends with them because I get that there's that barrier of like friends versus employees, but caring about their lives. If something comes up instead of freaking out that they have to leave or whatever, like understanding being understanding that people live lives outside of your company and they live they work there to make a living they don't live to work for you mm -hmm. if that makes sense that and that in itself will make a huge difference in people having loyalty to your company as if they feel okay. respected and appreciated right and appreciated yeah okay um So let's kind of talk a little bit about these five needs. Um, so physiological needs. 
foundation for motivation. Uh, it's the requirement for human survival. Um, and there are, and all of these needs, psych, all these physiological needs are the human universal needs, right? Mm -hmm. We need air, we need water, we need food, we need sex, we need sleep, um, health, we need clothes uh, and shelter, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all physiological needs that everyone needs, correct? Mm -hmm. These physiological needs have to be met first before you can move into these into the other four needs mm -hmm. right um so basically if someone's struggling to meet those physiological needs um then they're really unlikely to pursue safety belongingness esteem self-actualization -actual mm -hmm. um and you know i guess that's part of some of those needs are, are kind of have to do with education today and what's being taught in our schools you know the schools don't teach budgeting they don't t teach you know how to save money they don't teach you know they don't teach delayed gratification you know, we talked about that last week in our podcast about delayed gratification versus instant gratification. Mm -hmm. um, but every one of those needs, those physiological needs need to be met first mm -hmm. um, before, before you can move on. You know, I remember when I was a kid and I got, and I went to work at my very first job, you know, um, now this is going to date my age quite a bit, but when I started, when I started uh, my employment, when I was, I think I was about 16, um, the minimum wage back then was $3.15 an hour. Now, that's not much. Back then it was not much, but it was, um, for a kid, three, $3.15 an hour was decent, you know, gave me spending money. Um, but I was taught, not necessarily at school, but by, by my parents about how to save money and, you know, the importance of delayed gratification, um, that kind of thing. But we don't teach that in schools today. Uh -uh. Uh, we teach a curriculum about you know, how to do something or whatever, but not really, they don't teach life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so you got to really help your people learn and you got to teach them how to do those kind of things to just, to, to be able to just function in the world. Mm-hmm right helping to develop their education yeah of things like that right you know if you can't if you spend every dime that you make plus some every week um you're never going to get out of debt you're going to always live paycheck to paycheck um and 
you know, starting out when you're young, that's kind of how it goes. But as you get older, if you're not, if you haven't learned how to save money, um, and if you think that social security is going to be there <laughs> for you, uh, in the end, you probably have another thing coming, you mm -hmm. know, and that's why you see a lot of, um, older people, baby boomers and stuff that are still working today, you know? Yeah. Because they didn't save money or they thought, oh, well, I'm putting into this, um, social security thing and it's going to take care of me when I get older. Well, it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, we got to, we got to teach and we got to help business owners, managers understand the importance of fulfilling their people's needs is yeah. basically what, basically what I'm getting at. And if you can figure out how to do that as a business owner um, or a manager, then your people are going to bend over backwards to help make that your business or your company a success. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now that, now that all those physiological needs have been met, the next one is the safety needs. Once a person's or physiological ne needs are relatively satisfied, their safety need needs to take precedent and dominant and dominate behavior. Um, in the absence of physical safety, due to war, natural disaster, family violence, childhood abuse, etc., and in the absence of economic safety, due to an economic crisis, the lack of work opportunities, these safety needs manifest themselves in ways such as preference for job security, grievance procedures for protecting the individual from unilateral authority, savings accounts, insurance policies, disability accommodations, etc. This level is more likely to predominate in children as they generally have a greater need to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Right. So as a, as a kid, feeling safe was important to you, right? Yes, definitely. And I think that something else that really manifests, manifests itself in kids with this is that at least in my case, when I was a kid, I had a very active imagination and always thought that the worst thing in the world was going to happen. We used to call it the what if game. I would say, what if that bridge collapses? What if, you know, whatever else happens. So it's always like, what are we going to do if basically if my safety needs aren't met, that's kind of like, I see the correlation there where that was my mindset. But, um, as children, you're always just trying to like, make sure that you're safe. You want to be comfortable, always knowing like where your parents are. Um, if you're like in a grocery store or something and get lost that you're not feeling safe in that situation. If some, like if it starts storming and you're afraid of thunder, like that's an example of um, not feeling safe. And so I see, especially like looking back in my childhood, how that was very important to me, like in terms of the what if game and always saying like, what if this happens? Just for my own peace of mind, I guess. So it was all about emotional safety for you, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, or emotional security. Yeah. You know, and as you get older, financial security is a huge thing, you know, because you could play, you could play that what if game with financial security as well. Right. Especially right? 
when you're older, depending on, I mean, it always depends on where you're sitting financially, but especially like somebody my age where I'm just starting to build up my savings have just like in the last five years have started working. And so seeing that play from what was like emotional safety as a child to financial safety is like trying to build my buffer and my savings up as a young adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ask, if you ask, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm I'm sure it's very high. Um, Most blue collar workers and probably even some of the, a, a big majority of white collar workers um, are probably, if they were to lose their job, they are basically two weeks from being homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so many people today live paycheck to paycheck. Um, and I know how it is to live paycheck to paycheck and it's not fun, you know. Um, but being financial, financially secure is huge. Mm-hmm. especially as you start to get older, you know, um, and with the pandemic and everything else, um, how many people, how many businesses went under because of the pandemic? Right. And I, and all those people that worked for those companies lost their incomes, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't have any kind of savings or have no kind of buffers, um, to help with that, um, it's a scary place to be, mm-hmm. you know? So basically if a person does not feel safe in an environment, they will seek safety before attempting to meet any higher level of survival. You know, um, yep. I know, you know, personal security, I know, it's only really ever happened to me once, um, to your mom and I, we were in Seattle and I was, we were both very young. We were in our, I think mid twenties, we were in Seattle. Um, it was dark outside. We'd went to dinner and we were walking back to our vehicle and look behind us and there's three or four guys following us and personal security at that point really kicked in for me. Uh Nothing happened. We got to our car and got out of there. Luckily our car was only like four or five cars down the street, but that that was the first time in my life that I ever felt like something bad could have happened. Uh You know, that my personal security or safety was uh, going to be compromised. Mm-hmm. you know and how much of that goes on nowadays yeah you definitely know. yeah well and the other thing with that too is with personal safety is that our security is that everybody's level is different like for me I have anxiety so my personal safety feels like it's compromised more often than it actually is if a car swerves I feel like I'm gonna die like it's my personal safety feels very compromised anytime something minor happens because my brain will blow it out of proportions. So it's interesting that different people have different views on what that feels like. 
Right. I guess another way to put it is your bubble around you is a lot smaller mm-hmm. than my bubble. Right. You know, everyone yeah. has a different size bubble around them. Yeah. Everybody has a different level of their personal security. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Um, so having that, you know, financial security probably for me right now in my life is probably the top thing Mm -hmm. in whether or not I enjoy my job. I don't like, I don't like, and I don't like going to work and not feeling um, like I'm secure. Right. You know, Um, and it's very, you know, if you have a boss or a manager that um, is what what we call a seagull manager, mm-hmm. you know what that is, right? Yeah. So a seagull manager is one of those managers that comes in at the beginning of the day. He flies in, lands, and shits all over everything, um, and then flies out, and then just leaves the mess there for everybody to clean up. Those types of people and managers um, do not have their people behind them. No. You know, and more and more people, I mean, there's so many jobs out there right now that people don't care about leaving because they know that they can find another job, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so it's, you gotta, you gotta be one of those managers that trust your people, um, to do a job, to do the job. Can't be one of those managers that push people out of the way and say, just let me do it. I can do it better. I can do it faster. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you're one of those types of managers, you're not going to be very successful because it takes a team to run a company. And, um, if you think you're the only one that can do it, um, you're wrong, <laughs> you're wrong. And good luck. Yeah. You know, cause, cause there's going to be, I mean, even though, I may not do something the same way that you would do it. If it still gets done, it's still efficient. Uh, it's still as profitable. Uh-huh. Then what's, what does it matter? Right. You know, um, and so you have to, business owners and managers need to develop systems that allow their people to do their job, mm-hmm. to excel at their job. Um, and not, and not throw, not hold that either get it done or find another job thing over their heads. Right. You know, um, they need to create systems, but not expect that person to just be not, not expect, but not see that person as just a piece of the system because that's, I actually read a book about, uh, portion of a book about this a couple of days ago so it's funny that this is being brought up but instead of seeing that person as just like a gear in the system they're still a person it's okay to have systems but you can't forget that like you have to build relationships as well the person is doing is is carrying out the system they're not the system exactly right so that's that's a good point Cause a lot of people don't think of it that way, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, and so I think that with systems, they need to be very well thought out systems. Uh -huh. um, and, and you also need to be willing to change a system if there's a better way to do it, uh -huh. you know, and if you communicate systems as a business owner and managers, you communicate the system and train on the system and um, set expectations, but have that communication of, you know what, we're not all perfect all the time, right? We all make mistakes once in a while. Right. Um, be, be more, um, have more empathy towards people. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause we all have a bad day here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, we all mess up, but also, also create and teach the expectation of, you know, if you mess up, if you did something wrong, not, don't have that, don't be that business owner that um, is one that is just going to fire someone on the spot. Right. You know, you can't, if you, if you portray that image or that back in when I was a kid, that was all about respecting the boss. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not about that people respect you more when you're understanding and help find a solution. Absolutely. That's like the saying kind of the same field of when you see people say like respect your elders or respect the person, the people in charge. It's not, you, you can't force yourself to respect somebody. It's more you respect where respect is due. And if somebody's going to show that they can be respected, then you'll respect them. If they, right show that to you but if they're just gonna be an asshole and then expect respect because they are the boss they're not going to get that respect if they're demanding respect because of the position there's a problem exactly right the yep. position or the title or mm -hmm. or whatever um and so if you want to be respected be respectful mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um, that's the golden rule of treat others how you want to be treated well and the other thing is too is, is there's a big difference between bosses and leaders mm -hmm. right you've seen I've seen it all over social media um, John Maxwell teaches it but leaders lead from the front bosses mm -hmm. lead from the back right so if you're going to war are you up there in the in the front leading or mm -hmm. are you sitting back in the back and shouting orders? Right. Basically, again, there's five different needs. We've talked about two of them today. Um, we'll do a follow-up part two to this podcast um, next week to go over the other three mm -hmm. and give you some pointers on how to do or how to, how to change in, into being that uh, leader, um, that, bo that boss that is no longer, I mean, we always have to look at profit, but we always have to look at the people side of the profit as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so we'll do that in our next episode. Um, but thank you all for uh, joining us on it. I hope you got something out of it. Um, hope it wasn't all just a bunch of rambling on, <laughs> uh, but 
we uh, we're pretty passionate about this type this um, topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and we hope that as business owners, um, as business managers and leaders in your companies, that you will, you know, go Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs and and do some studying on it and. Um, I guarantee you that if you follow and learn how to change your thought process into taking care of your people, your people will definitely take care of you. Absolutely. So again, thanks for joining us and uh, we will talk to you guys again here soon. Have a great rest of your day. Also, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Check out the blog that will be linked down in the description and also leave us a review. Have a good rest of your day and we will talk to you next week.